Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the guys. Hello and welcome to Episode 8 of Season 2 of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, Head Football Coach at Wauwatosa East and Past President of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-host, Paul Nowinski, former coach at Mosinee and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Tom Yashinsky, who's normally with us, cannot make it tonight. I think he's still on his way home from Green Bay and uh, the All-State Weekend festivities. Um, Paul, I hope all is well. Yeah, there's no snow. There's no ice. It's I'm actually going to go trout fishing uh, Tuesday. They're talking 54 degrees here. Unbelievable. So, you know, I mean, and, and, uh, I mean, I mean, Paul does know this. I'm leaving for Las Vegas on Tuesday morning and I just checked Las Vegas weather. It is going to be as warm in, in the Milwaukee area this week as it is going to be in Vegas right now. It is raining in Las Vegas. It's not going to get above about 54 degrees this week there. Um, and so it's going to be wonderful weather for the Super Bowl uh, next Sunday there. Hey, Paul, I know you're you're getting ready for a big trip down to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. How are those plans coming together? Oh, I'm very excited. It's a bucket list thing. Uh, something I want to do. A bunch of buddies and I are going. Uh, we're leaving on Saturday and staying for a week and coming back. And, you know, it's weird talking weather. It's only going to be 65, 66 there. It'll be 54 in Mosney. Yeah. Now, I got to ask you, I know you're an outdoorsman and you love to hunt and fish. Are you going to be hunting alligators down there? No, no, this is strictly um, no wild game. It's something Toby and I have in common. He's an avid hunter. I know he is. Stuff like that. So, yeah, that's, but no, this is just Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday, having a good time, enjoying herself on Bourbon Street. Um, hopefully nobody gets arrested. <laughs> oh, jeez. Nobody gets water cannon or anything like that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, how many beads are you bringing down? Um, you got a couple cases. Probably taking that, you know, kind of just. Okay. I might, I might be an innocent bystander. Okay. Just you know, you got a phone and you can record. So right, that's true. Um, I hope to, I hope to see some uh, action shots <laughs> no, from no. from uh, Bourbon Street, if you don't mind. No uh, Paul, we've we've done an in-depth look at the competitive balance tournament performance factor implemented by the WIAA. We had Jordan Sins on, co-chair of the competitive balance committee last May. Uh, recently, we had Tom Lee of Lacrosse Aquinas and Scott Hilber of Mavel. Uh, we're on episode six and seven of the current season to discuss their school's placement in a higher division for next year's football playoffs. Both Coach Lee and Coach Hilber were, and I believe, very gracious about their placement. Aquinas did not appeal. Mavel did. Paul, I think the gracious portion of the uh, um, discussion is over. When I talked to tonight's guest about coming on, the first thing he said to me was, is this is this like the Pat McAfee show where I don't have to worry about my language? So I, I didn't know exactly what he meant by that. Uh, you know, I thought, oh boy, here we go. So with, with Paul's fingers securely on the dump button, I'd like to welcome Toby Golombieski, the very successful head football coach at Monroe. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks guys for having me on. Good to see you guys. Yeah, it's great to see you as well. And, and you know, Toby, I just spent two days uh, up at Lambeau Field with your parents celebrating All-State um, 
the All-State weekend there. Um, for those listeners who may not know, uh, Toby's dad, Jerry, is both a WFCA and National High School Coaches Association Hall of Famer and is still very active in the WFCA. Um, he was everywhere this weekend with his camera, um, organizing things, making sure that everybody got their banquet tickets and so on. Um, your mom, Kathleen, is by your dad's side in, in all of his activities, including all the fundraising your dad does for the WFCA. Toby, I don't think you had any choice but to be a successful football coach. Well, it kind of panned out that way. Started uh, right away at home with those guys. And I think we got to give my mom a little bit more credit. While my dad's kind of the front man, the wheels don't turn without my mom uh, in the background. And uh, she does a great job, too. Paul? I, I got to tell you, your mother is a saint. I mean, your father's awesome. But your mother is a saint, and the things that she has done for football and our association, uh, it's it's amazing. I, you, you don't go anywhere without seeing her. They're doing something. She's always involved in everything. And, you know, you, you want to talk about in the dictionary looking up coach's wife? It's got to have a picture of her in there. Oh, absolutely. And I have to share this also, if you don't mind. So we're driving home, and um, – Toby, your mom called my wife, Ingrid, and so they're having a conversation on how they can improve the All-State weekend next year. Um, there were a couple yeah. things that were um, not to their liking. That's probably the best way. Not that there was any major, believe me, everything went off without a hitch, but already they're planning next year, which I thought was absolutely priceless. So, listeners, in case you're wondering, this is how Monroe was moved up a division. In 2021, Monroe reached level four. In 2022, Monroe won the state championship. And last season in 23, Monroe made it to level three. Coach, that's a pretty good run. Yeah, that was. Uh, we're really proud of our guys uh, for doing a good job. And um, we've got... Uh, We've got a really nice thing going down there culture-wise and uh, work ethic-wise. And, um, you know, I think, I think we still have more to come. Toby, I'm going to throw three numbers at you. All right, so just react to these three numbers. 742. Uh, That's a trick question. Not, I'm, uh, I'm a lot better with shapes than numbers. <laughs> <laughs> What, Seven, what do we got on the 742? 742 is Monroe's enrollment. All right. 1022. Oh, yeah. 1022. Uh, the lowest division two school. Bing, 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 bing. Correct. Now, okay. 1332. The highest division two school. Yes, it is. So. 1022 is the lowest enrollment in the Division II playoffs last year. 1332 is the highest enrollment in Division II for playoffs last year. So if we take a look at this, at the low end of Division II, you would be 280 students smaller than the lowest Division II school. And if you compare yourselves to the highest Division II school, you would be 590 students away. So your reaction to those numbers? Well, uh, 
I understand that WIA is trying to do something. I understand that uh, they're trying to fix a couple of different problems that may lead to some other problems. And I, I, what I take from those enrollment numbers is we're going to run at about 65 to 75 players, 9 through 12. And I'd like to think that a successful Division II school of those numbers that's playoff qualifying probably going to be closer to 100 or maybe over 100. And I don't know if uh, there's some there's some breaks in the divisions, which are some of the reasons we have divisions where a particular school like us, we're going to uh, prepare for a week and we're going to have to practice for 45 minutes on offense, 45 minutes on defense, and then our special teams time uh, to, to fit in our two, you know, our two and a half hour segment. When you get to the one, one ten, and you got guys going one way, they're prac they're, they're prepping their offense for the full, for the full two hours. They're prepping their defense for the full two hours. So I think there's a, there's a reason maybe not intended, but it's obvious that as you go down the divisions, and, uh, you know, you start to get to Division Four and Division Five. you may have guys that not only have to prep 45 minutes for offense, but they got to learn two positions. You know, uh, I think there, there's a reason there are divisions, and um, it's going to make a significant difference, um, you know, matching up in those situations. Forget about, you know, just the luck of the draw of, how many division one players you have or how many division two players you have going to college. Uh, just, just think about, you know, really some divisions are half a, I always tell recruiters, this kid's got his best football yet to play. We don't practice. He doesn't practice his D line spot the whole time. He's got to do all these other things. And uh, you know, that adds up over time. That adds up from freshman year to senior year, and uh, you know you just get a a, a well a more well rounded, well seasoned. You know, and I coached the All Star game. We were with the Bigs, and uh, you know, there's always schools that'd be like, "Oh yeah, we probably could have won this." And no, you couldn't have. No, you couldn't have. They've got some dudes, and they can play, and uh, and it's just a simple matter of you could. You could tell who the D1 and the D2 and the three guys, the D3 guys were walking off the bus. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just, you know, we'll do what we are asked to do. We're going to try our hardest. It's going to give us a great challenge, something more to prepare for. But kind of on the other end, none. we'll have one boy that played on those first two teams that you named. Yeah. So everyone, everyone else is getting penalized for something they didn't even do. They may be terrible. You know, I, I hope they're not, and we're sure going to try not to, but I just wonder how many uh, running clock round one games there's going to be. Uh, you know, does that answer what you're, that part oh yeah yeah it answers that and more and, and paul you were shaking your head yes as toby was speaking well that that's my point that 
Division seven, five, six, and maybe even four a little bit are a different beast. And I don't want to say it's bad football. It's a different beast than Division three, two, and one. And if you've coached at a Division one school, which I did, coached at Evers, and then you go to the All Star game and you see, you know the difference between players. It, it's amazing. And so, exactly to what everybody's point is, this may be a total different Monroe team than that's been there the last three years. And they may not warrant being put into Division Two, but it's going to happen. And you know, there, there's a lot of factors that I think need to be looked at a little bit more. I, I definitely think the point total, like if you don't win a state championship, I don't think you should be moved up. I, I just don't think so. And I think so at some point, I'm thinking that those point totals need to be looked at a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't disagree with you, and and. Uh... You know, we've got a, a lot more things to talk about with, with Toby here. But, uh, you know, to Toby's point and your point, the, the first year I coached in the All-Star game, and, and Paul, you coached that year, too, in 2007. You, yes. yeah, yeah, and you were in the North. You know, I was coaching the South. And and um, that was one that was one All-Star game back then. Mm-hmm. So divisions one through seven were represented on the All-Star teams, and there was no question the difference between the large school kids and the small school kids in terms of size and speed and, you know, and everything else. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just so many things and we're going to try to get, and we'll ask Toby's this in a little bit, you know, what his thoughts are on, on what would be a more fair way of doing this, Paul. Toby, did your school appeal it? We did. We did appeal. And we thought we were going to get the appeal because we're our, our enrollment is even declining, has declined even since then. But you know, I didn't I didn't know what the uh, algorithm was going to be for accepting the appeal. So, my knowledge, no one, no appeal got granted. Correct. Correct. No appeal got granted. Right. Not in football. Other sports did. There yeah. was a girls, right. girls basketball team, I think that. A volleyball it was. A volleyball done, Yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of a technic technicality yes. because they added a division yep. in girls volleyball. So, in a sense, they really didn't didn't move. Uh, Toby, I'd like to ask you this. Um, you know, so you you mentioned just a little bit ago that you know the WIAA did this to solve some problems. What problems, in your mind, are they trying to solve with the competitive balance and the tournament performance factors that they've instituted? Well, it's been told to me that this was uh, was was kind of a private school recruiting type thing, and the ability for them to reload. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know this I don't know this for sure, uh, but you know, but then so much like we discussed earlier. You know, you've got uh, districts in close proximity public schools with open enrollment that uh, kind of have the same, the same situation. So um, I guess what, what, what uh, we were talking about before, a lot of people accuse the private schools of recruiting and they may or may not, but it's the exclusion of students at the private schools that lower their division that would allow them, this would now force them to play up a division in the playoffs. So like, I don't know, I don't know this fact, 
but what do you think the uh, what do you think the special ed department looks like at Catholic Memorial? How many wheelchair and handicapped children attend that attend that school uh, or or those private schools? How many people do they not let in to keep their enrollment down? I think is even a bigger factor than uh, and people are going to hunt me down after I say this, but, but I think that's even a bigger factor than the actual threat of recruiting. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, and yeah, there's, you know, there's you're no, gonna, you're yeah. going gonna to ask me what I think. I never want to bitch about something without having a solution. And I don't know if I have the solution. Uh, you know, Tom Yashinsky came up with a pretty good idea when I spoke with him on the phone about extending the time period that they uh, uh, extending the time period that they would be keeping score that your that your that your your yearly score would be entered in and then removed on the back end. That extending that would would definitely help the problem. I don't know if he explained that on maybe a different show uh, where he had a chance to talk about it. But here, here's another thing that, that uh, confuses me. So, all right, we are going to have to earn our keep because we were good. And uh, we're going to go play up in Division Two. Well, what happens to the say – there's, say there's seven of us. Say there's seven Division Three schools that get moved up. What happens to the bottom qualifying Division Two teams? Do they go down to Division Three? Yeah, they do. So it's not just Monroe and all the people moving up. Now the qualifying Division Three schools are going to be playing uh, potentially seven Division Two schools that are getting moved down. Correct. So it's not just us. It's not just us. There's a lot of teams. It's not just the people that are moving up that are affected. There's a lot of people that are, a lot of teams that are affected by this. Yeah. Paul? I, you know, Toby, right on point. We talked about that in our last episode that this is going to make the playoffs a little bit more complicated and it's going to possibly create some problems in the bigger Division Three, uh, especially. You could see that wide that range really go crazy. It could be a six hundred difference enrollment in Division Three. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, and and you know be. what? And while they may be a lower seated team, when you show up with that one platoon versus two platoon, you have a huge advantage. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. And and you're not talking seeding; you're just talking enrollment. So you could have, you know, the. If the best division two school happens to have the lowest enrollment and they get moved down because you get moved up, you have, yeah. you know, the best division two school playing division three. Cause again, it's not seeding. It's, it's just enrollment. So you're, you, you know, right. you two are absolutely right. And, and to clarify, and, and just so our listeners understand when you're talking about the point total, you're talking about that you know, previous three years of success in the playoffs, getting points for a state championship or for runners up or semifinals, et cetera. That's what you're talking about. And, and um, a suggestion that you're making is instead of using three years, you might use four years or five years 
to determine that. Right. Correct. That's what, uh, and that was not my idea. That was Tom's. That was, that was Tom's thought. Uh, and he seemed to have a better handle on a solution than I did. Yeah. I, I, it just, go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. And I don't know oh, if you had brought yeah, Toby and Tom, uh, Yashinsky has talked about that, that that's what they mean by changing the point totals. Either you change the the point amounts for what you win or you add another year because really if you get, let's say you get one tremendous class and they're good as sophomores, you might go through three years or two years of great talent, but all of a sudden it goes back the next year. So that having it four years would compensate for that factor plus again most people agree that unless you win or go to a state championship or especially win a state championship that point total should be a little bit more and just qualifying or just making it to level four that that probably shouldn't be that that significant yeah i mean if you think about if you had a three-year run where you made the state finals didn't even appear in a state championship game. You're, you're, you're up. You're, you're up, you know, so without even going to Madison and playing at camp Randall, you would be up and you would be up a division. So, yeah, I mean, there's just so many things that, um, you know, are a part of this. And now, Tom, uh, can yeah. you, can you clarify what happens after next year? So if we, if we go to the playoffs and, win a round one or don't win a round one what what now happens that that well you would four you drops would, off the back correct so i mean it's it's the way i understand it is that it's a three-year um run of of um success so you're you're up because of your last three years which you went through now let's say you make the playoffs next year and you don't win your level one, or even if you win your level one, there are no points that are given to um, that situation. So you would include next year, this year's, and then your state championship year. So you would have five points, which you have to achieve six in order to be moved up or in your situation to stay up. So if you didn't accrue any points next year, the year after you would be back in division three. Yeah. It just seems like uh, explaining this to my, to the kids, you know, and, and motivating them for this, it's going to be, you know, we're going to have to work really hard to get them to understand, you know, what's going on. Cause you know, there could be some seniors this year that, Really feel like they're getting dumped on a little bit, but uh, you know what? We're well, and rightfully so. You know, I mean, they would have a reason to feel that way, and and uh, I mean, it's the reality that your program now faces. Right. So, or yeah, we just go win the Division Two state championship. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that would be something. Because <laughs> remember, then you're going to stay in Division Two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. We'll just have to take the take a bus up to Madison and pick up a bunch of athletes, like they do in Waukesha. Yeah. Well, uh, Toby, I, I know you're not going to approach that. You're going to do the best job with yeah. your kids thing, but with the highest I mean, integrity. Yeah, and I understand that. We're joking, but 
Sure. My big thing, the point I want to get out is that I'm hoping the WIA isn't reactive. I hope they're proactive, that that committee is listening to the podcast, other people's concerns, getting feedback, and they're going to start thinking about, okay, first year we're doing this, got to look at how the chips pan out. If there's issues, we've got to start thinking, what are the adjustments we need to make? One suggestion was go over a four-year period, raise the point total. There got to be a different point total for winning a state championship or if you don't even appear in a state championship. So those are factors I hope the WI is listening and will start thinking about doing. But sometimes in the past, the WI, the wheels move very slowly. And that is my concern. Well, Toby, and, and something to add to what Paul just said. Um, if you if you look at how many schools are affected by this, I don't even know. I think there are about 10 football schools total that get moved up a division right around there might be nine. It might be 11. How many? 17, 17 football schools. There's 17 football schools got moved up a division. Yep. Which would mean there's 17 getting moved down a division. See, I'll, I'll get the exact number. I looked, I just looked it up. Okay. Well then I, I thought it was more like around 10 or 11. I think it was 17. I'll definitely check. Um, but as Paul's looking that up, even if it is 17, if we round out, and Toby, your thoughts on this, if you if you round off, I should say, the number of schools that play football in our state at 400. Now, there's, you know, 70 or so that are eight-player um, football. But even if there's 17 out of, say, 350 schools that get moved up, that's not a lot of schools. And it's 15, Tom. 15, okay. Um, you know, that's not You're a lot of schools. The, you have to count the 15 that are getting moved down then, too. Well, let's just for now, just for the case, you know, looking at this, you yeah. know, 15 get moved up. Um, that is not a lot of schools. So, no. like for myself at, at Wauwatosa East, it's a complete non factor. It's like I have no skin in the game. So, the only ones that really are left sort of holding a bag with this are the 15 that are being moved up. And, you know, can, will the WIAA do something for just 15 schools? Like Paul said, you know, history says they're not, you know, like this is the way it's going to be. And to change anything, I mean, you have to move mountains to change anything with the WIAA because it's so stacked against change. It takes so long to get anything done. I can't see this changing anytime soon unless, like Paul suggests, they, they're taking a look at this and they're being proactive and they're saying, you know what, there, there's been a lot of criticism here. And, um, you know, maybe we need to take a look at this and improve upon it. You know, and I can't wait till the winter sports schools, you know, like basketball schools, wait, wait until that happens, you know, when they start moving right. the basketball schools up. And the outcry that you're going to see there and, you know, into the spring and so on. And some sports aren't affected at all, really. But, you know, this this is a wide ranging thing. I think it was done in the the. Aspect of the competitive balance that there are some schools that have inherently um, just inherently they have an advantage over other schools. What can we do about this? And this is what they've come up with. 
And it'll be interesting to see where this goes. He told me, I'd like to go back to something, you know, you mentioned that you appealed. And uh, Scott Hilber from Mayville um, told us that there were nine points in the appeal process. Like you could have, you could have, you know, factually come up with, you know, something for every one of those points. Mavo came up with um, just three of the of the nine points where they kind of this is why we feel we should not be moved up. W- what did you at at Monroe, uh, if you were even involved? I'm sure you you at least gave your thoughts on this. What were the things that you were trying to get across to the WIAA that this was not a good move for Monroe? Well, I, I wasn't in any exact writing, but when in, in discussion with our athletic director, we talked about our declining enrollment. We talked about nobody on those successful teams is even playing anymore. Uh, you know, just the the, the concept of that. Uh, so th- th- that was the basis, um, you know, and then I kind of let Tom, and Jeff, the AD, run with that. Uh, I was going through some treatments at the time, so um, they they handled it. So um, I couldn't even tell you what the format was. Yeah, and I have to ask you, I think another sore spot for the schools that have appealed is all they got was a letter, I'm assuming it was a letter, maybe it was an email, and all it said on there basically was no, and uh-huh. with no explanation. You know, nothing was was shared that, oh, if you would have said this or, you know, this is what we're thinking and why we denied it. There was none of that. It was just no. And, you know, the, the, it's a very secretive um, way of doing things, not having to explain yourself ever. And that has really, you know, had has not sit well with many. Paul? I'm on the WIA site. Uh, It says schools will be allowed to appeal their placement on these factors, prior year out of building student percentage roster, historical movement of student athletes, socioeconomics of the school population, demographics of the school population, competitive history and balance, geography, school enrollment trends, student participation rate in WIA sponsored activities, student enrollment factors, open enrollment, students from outside your school location, that those are the factors they say that they would take that you could list at your appeal. So that's that's quite a bit. And I don't think there'd be any school that could reasonably go through all nine and have an answer to that for the for the WIA. So as Mayville did and probably what Monroe did as well is pick some of those um, factors and, and try to get across the, the thinking behind them. So, um, yeah, this is this is a really interesting topic. This is something that, again, doesn't affect everybody, but those that it affects certainly have strong feelings. Paul, I think in year in year one, in year one, granting an appeal to some would almost mean they'd have to grant it to all, or they would just it would just create it even bigger problems for them. Correct. So I think they they just had to. I mean, there's no way they could get a baseline of how this is going to work unless the people that fit the formula actually followed through on it. Yeah. I, so I kind of see. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Paul. I think where the smoke is going to start is with the basketball coaches. And that's because I think there's going to be a bigger impact in basketball than any other place. And I think that's where 
you'll start seeing, because in there, the basketball coaches I know really felt this was a private school, small school problem. And, um, and so I think once the basketball season goes, not this year, obviously, because I, I think it starts next season for basketball, that I think there's going to be a big outcry. And again, my point in all this is it's a start, but I hope we can get feedback. I hope they can see what's going on. And I hope we can get back to some of the other factors that they were talking about, socioeconomic status, free and reduced lunch, all those things, open enrollment, all those things were geographically, all those things were big factors that really weren't considered in the football aspect of it. Except that the schools that accrued the points probably were the schools that had some of those inherent advantages, um, you know, over other schools. Um, yeah, I so I mean, there's there's just a lot of ways of of, of looking at this thing, and you know, here we are, and, and I'm going to direct this this you know question to Paul, but Paul, we we've taken a deep dive into this. I oh. mean. We we have spent a lot of time and have talked to um, you know several people uh, you know four people um, about this and you know really what have we learned Paul I mean what have we learned I, I think we've learned that this is a start of the process and I hope it isn't the end of the process again it really hasn't affected that many football people Toby is a prime example him him and Mayville are going to be the two that are going to probably see some of the most drastic uh, difference in school enrollment of playing. I mean, Toby could face somebody that is five, 600 more kids in his school. Well, like, like we said, you know, if the way enrollment Good. was this year, I mean, uh, Monroe would have been 590 students smaller than the largest division two school that made the division two playoffs. We also learned Tom that, they really didn't, I mean, yeah, they kind of did, but socioeconomic status, geography, open enrollment were not big factors to them. It's the points. And again, you could say they're all tied together because if you have those factors, you have a better, obviously, um, socioeconomic status, you might be more successful. But there are some people that have socioeconomic status that are not making it to the state playoffs and they're not doing stuff like this. I don't know what the correlation is, but I, I think that's what the committee was looking at. And I don't know if they knew a way how to get it because the multiplier was one thing. Well, that was talked about looking at free and reduced lunch and getting points for that. Uh, looking at your geographically, are you next to a metropolitan area? Or are you out in a rural area? All those things. And I think, again, I hope the committee will be looking after year one, taking some feedback, get some feedback from the schools and start finding ways that we might refine this process. And Toby, looking at, you, you've kind of touched on this already, but if we have to have competitive balance, if we have to have a, a tournament performance factor that's applied in this situation, what is the fairest thing that one can look at that may move a school up a division in football? What would be the in your mind? I think it's the year after a state championship. The, so, the year after a state, but but as soon as those kids are gone, they they're 
that is unfair to the kids that were not on that state championship team. Yeah. And you like, like here's here's another thing too, Tom. Uh, You know, uh, we get up every morning at six o'clock in the summertime to work our kids out. We, we have uh, six different sessions of weight room and strength and conditioning. We are obsessed with preparing these kids. And I know a lot of people don't do that. A lot. Some people have a guy or someone else, or they send them off to uh, some training facility or they go to the Y or they do different things. I mean, there, there has to be some accountability uh, in, in the work that goes in from staffs because I think some staffs work harder than other staffs. Mm-hmm. I think some staffs have their, have their shit together a little bit more than other staffs. And it's proven by the, you know, the playoff, or the number of times they make it to the playoffs the number of playoff wins. And again, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that they should be penalized for providing their student athletes with a top notch, uh, football experience, whether it's, whether it's, uh, improving their bodies, whether it's, uh, you know, a culture, whether it's work ethic, all these different things. You know, some places just have it and some places don't. Yeah. And that that's another, you know, it's not just even about enrollment. Like you talked about the socially affluent communities that aren't making the playoffs. Well, are they trying to run a Saturday offense on Friday night? Are they, is their clock management terrible? Is there, you know, what, what, what is wrong? Why are they losing? Why aren't they succeeding? with all these uh, skills. And I, I don't mean to sound arrogant at it because I've been there myself. You know, when we had little kids and uh, you know, I, when I took the job at Monroe, I completely recommitted to football. I didn't have to worry about little babies in the house and I wasn't the AD and I wasn't the girls softball coach and the girls basketball coach. It was strictly football. And I don't know if, uh, you know, you see these younger guys, they're getting married and they're going off this and that. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that that that's got to play something to it. Hire an AD that knows how to win, hire a strength coach that knows how to win and hire a football coach that wants to win. I mean, then, then, then we all have competitive equity. Yeah. And, and being at a school, going back to Wauwatosa East, where I had spent a, uh, you know, quite a most of my coaching career, I actually was at Wauwatosa East, and, and coming back, um, I was I'd been there exactly a year. I, I got hired at the end of last January, so it's just a little over a year that I'm back, and just trying to implement Toby all those things you just talked about. I was able to bring in my own strength and conditioning guy. You know, and, you know, just trying to get the school to buy into strength and conditioning has been an unbelievably hard task at Wauwatosa East. It's just not something that's in the fabric of the school right now. So you're right. I mean, you know, we're working really hard. We had a, you know, compared to 
since I left, um, they had won 18 games in 15 years. You know, we went four and five last year, two points away from the playoffs. And we're going to be very competitive next year. I, I, I know we will. And, um, but you're, you're right. Putting in the time. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe how much time I have spent. And I'm not different than a lot of coaches. I'm not saying we're doing anything different at Wauwatosa East than you do or what Paul did when he coached or Tom Yashinsky does. I mean, there's a lot of coaches that do put in the time and effort, but there are other coaches that, that do not. So, um, you know, it's, it's all of those factors are a part of it. Um, I, I know you personally, Toby, and, and um, I know how hard you work, how much you care, and you will never, ever, regardless of whatever kind of season you have next year, whatever you do in the playoffs next year, you're never going to make an excuse. You guys are just going to grind it out and do everything you can, and your players reflect you know, your personality, so they're going to play hard. Um, and I think that, you know, you, you have a very good chance to be very successful at the division two level next year, just knowing, um, the system you run and, and what you guys do. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I think is great is, um, and we've talked about this, Paul, and, and, you know, if you complain about it, if you make a big deal out of it with your players and if you, you with your parents and, you know, oh, my God, we got screwed. Look at this. Guess what? Everybody's going to feel that way. Instead, yeah. you're kind of like, well, just like Justin Frisky at, at Pewaukee, who got moved into the Classic 8, a school of 850 kids or whatever. You know, they're going to go play Arrowhead at 2,100. You know, and Justin's just like, well, we just got to keep working. We just got to keep doing what we're doing. And we'll let the chips fall where they may. You know, so. um you, I was going to bring, go I was bring that up too. Uh, you know, there's just another, I, I don't know if there's a complete understanding or if there are football people that are, uh, that are making these decisions. If there really is a complete understanding what the difference is between the divisions and how, and how, you know, Justin's going to be, you know, Justin's got about a hundred guys. So, you know, they'll be able to figure it out. But I mean, in the long run, uh, you know, if he's not, uh, you know, if he's got everybody going both ways, that's going to be a, a big challenge for him. And I'm, I'm sure he's ready to overcome it, but uh, it's going to be an uphill battle. I hope he does well, but uh, uh, you know, I'm just worried. I'm worried that this, that decision was so easily made because we are kind of in a similar situation with him and could end up with the Madison schools, you know, if they did some type of uh, realignment type thing along those same lines. So uh, I'm, I'm pulling for him and hoping that things work out the best and, and hope things go the right way for him. Well, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, I think everybody is, is pulling for not just Justin and Pewaukee and the classic eight, but you know, you and Mayville and Aquinas and, and everybody else that's been moved up. And, and, and Paul, we, again, we've, we've talked about this now for uh, four podcasts and, and do you have any final thoughts at all? Anything at all that uh, comes to mind for you in, in regards to sort of sum up or um, send off, if you will, this particular topic. Uh, Toby, my suggestion to you would be 
the process of the WI is get your administrators to get to the board of control and, and, and improve this process gets it because just talking about it, a podcast, go get it talking, but the WI answers to the board of control, which is administrators. And so you need to get those administrators to contact other administrators as the process goes out to say, Hey, we need to tweak this a little bit. You know, we need to go. Right. Through this. And that's, that's gotta be the key of how we improve this and, and be proactive about actually creating fair competitive balance. Keep it a work in progress. Yep. Right. Right. Well, Toby, with that, I, I want to thank you once again for, for coming on and, and uh, you, you very eloquently, um, you know, expressed your views and, and uh, you know, Paul didn't have to use the dump button once. Um, I appreciate how you kept your, your emotions under control. Um, continue success and, and continue having a great off season. I know you guys are. And I look forward to, uh, um, you know, seeing you again very soon. Um, my wife, Ingrid, says hi. So uh, just so you know that, she's thinking of you. And uh, back. I will absolutely do that. And, uh, again, thank you so much. And, and Paul, as always, um, what you add to this podcast and with your technical uh, ability and, and everything else, uh, it just means so much. And, uh, you know, the successful podcast that we seem to be having um, certainly is because of, of a lot of your efforts. And as always to all of our listeners, if, if you have any things that you would like us to talk about on the podcast, don't hesitate to reach out to Paul or Tom Yashinsky or myself and let us know what you're thinking. Um, you know, we've got a, a couple podcasts planned already. When we come back, we're going to take a little hi hiatus. Uh, I'll be out of town. And then Paul's going to be out of town. But when we come back, we have a really interesting podcast that's, that I know you guys are really going to like. Um, so with that, um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And have a great rest of the night.